The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's Word, and my life will never be the same, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. Oh man, I trust that uh, all of you got an opportunity to uh, spend time with family. You know, during Christmas, uh, we certainly did. Uh, Our family, you know, uh, we had a good time out. And uh, man, it's good to be back. It's always good to be back. Amen. And uh, so today we are continuing, uh, you know, a series that we started right at the beginning of uh, December. uh, And uh, the title of this series is settling into maturity settling into maturity and we are looking at the book of ephesians amen we're looking at the book of ephesians and uh, uh just a brief uh, background as we look into this book uh we discovered that the book of ephesians is the only book that was not written or letter right the epistles the letters uh by apostle paul is the only one that was not written to address a specific problem uh, and uh, it was written to the church at Ephesus, uh, which was about 25,000 strong, pastored by a young man called uh, Timothy. And uh, we also discovered that the uh, a book of Ephesians is divided into two sections. Uh, the first three chapters focus on who you are in your spirit man, who you are. Uh, and we call this the positional truth, who you really are. Uh, and what you look like in your spirit man. And the last three chapters focus on the vital truth or the application of your positional truth uh, into daily living. Amen? And so when we allow positional truths uh, to prevail over our senses, we begin to manifest the vital truths in our lives. Uh, We begin to live out what is promised in the Word of God. Ultimately, uh, the, the book is profoundly deep in spiritual truth, yet very simple in application. And ultimately, uh, God wants every single one of us to taste and see uh, that he is good. Amen? To taste, it must, it must hit your taste buds. It's one thing uh, just seeing the food laid out, right, for Christmas. Uh, but it's another thing when that food hits your taste buds. If it's really good food, man, it, it should give you a spiritual experience. Amen? It should, it, should make you, it should make you shout hallelujah. Amen? And so ultimately, the promises of God should uh, manifest in your life so that you can taste to see that the Lord is good. It's not just for us to rehearse. It's not just for us to... Uh, you know, put in our memory, but uh, God wants these things to flow uh, into our lives. That's the goal. And so we looked at chapter number one, we looked at chapter number two, and chapter number three, and we are getting right to the 
uh, a corner where we're making a turn, a right turn, uh, where we're now moving from positional truth uh, to vital truth or to how we experience uh, all these truths in our lives. And so let's go to Ephesians chapter number four uh, from verse one. Ephesians chapter number four. Uh, verse 1. And while we are going there, uh, let me just tell you, 2024 is going to be better than 2023. Amen. And let me just tell you, it doesn't matter how great 2023 was, uh, God is about to make 2024 better. Amen. Because the path of the righteous keeps getting brighter. We move from one level of glory to another. Uh, The latter glory shall be greater than the former glory. You know, two days ago, I got the opportunity to uh, officiate a wedding of this couple. I, funny enough, I introduced them, you know. Uh, they live out in the, in the UK. They are British. And uh, so I, I, I told them, I said, man, I think you should get married. And they said, yes, sir. It took about two and a half years. But they got married, and I got to officiate the wedding yesterday. And while I was preaching there, you know, the Holy Spirit gave me a revelation because the very first uh, uh, wedding uh, uh, or miracle that Jesus performed was at a wedding. And the wedding was in a city called uh, Cana, right? And uh, Jesus' first ever miracle was to turn water into what? Into one. Now, I'm not advocating for any kind of, you know, uh, choice in your, in your drinking. Amen. But I'm just saying that's what Jesus did. Can I get an amen? And so that was his very first miracle was to turn water into what? Wine. And I said, you know, right in the spell of the moment, the Holy Spirit gave me this, that uh, I look at it again. And, and during, you know, uh, uh, Christmas, I, li- I have a sweet tooth, so we like to get sugary drinks. You know, my wife is putting me on a, not we, just me. Okay. <laughs> me and the kids, right? Me and the kids. We like to, to drink sugary drinks, and uh, so I, I go and I get all these Fantas and, you know, the purple one the pr- and the green cream soda. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> the green one, man, that thing is good, right? <laughs> but what I learned is, you know, if you, if, there's no need, no point getting a two-liter thing, because if you don't drink it fast, in about two days, it won't even have bubbles anymore. It turns flat. And so the Lord told me, he said, tell this couple that that's the reason why I didn't turn it into Fanta. It's got nothing to do with the drink choice. It is because he didn't want the marriage to become flat after two days. And I'm telling you, God has set up your life in the wine kind of thing, right? That it gets better as you progress. Can I get an amen? So 2024 is really going to be better. And if you forget the entire revelation, that's just, just think this wine thing. Just think this wine thing. It says it gets better with time. Amen? And so we see here in Ephesians chapter number 4 verse 1, it says, I therefore, Paul, right, the prisoner of the Lord, and we say that word prisoner is not talking about, you know, uh, uh, the prison in the sense that we know he is a willing prisoner. In other words, he is submitted to the Lord's direction and instruction. So you shouldn't ask the Lord to arrest you. All you should do is ask your heart to be in obedience to what the Lord is doing in your life. Can I get an amen? It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, that you walk, someone say walk. walk, 
And so, before this, we never saw the word walk. We saw the word seated in heavenly places. We saw the word resting in the Lord. We saw being transformed, being accepted in the beloved. We were made, you know, God's workmanship. And, and he was talking about the positional truth. And now as he turns the corner, he says, now it's time to walk. In other words, it's time to live out the, 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 the identity that he has established on the inside of you. And he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. And so he's in, you know, calling us to now live out or uh, allow this positional truth to become experiential truth. He wants you to experience. Uh, experience it. Amen? And so there are different, you know, areas of walking that the Apostle Paul talks about uh, through his entire, you know, writings. And the first one uh, is in 3 John 3, and we are instructed to walk in the truth, and there is no truth outside of Jesus. Can I get an amen? You know, uh, you know, I see people all over the social media. In fact, I saw one. They said, man, I don't subscribe to one uh, specific religion, but I, I you know, I choose to uh, d uh, uh, establish my own truth. There is no such thing as establish your own. The only truth is Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way, the what? The truth and the life. Outside of Jesus, there is no truth. Can I get an amen? And so they were trying to be woke, right? But we are we, in 3 John 3, we are told to walk in the truth that is in us. And that truth is Jesus. The second area of walk is in Galatians 5, 16. We are told to walk in the spirit. And in, and, and in order to overcome the temptations of the flesh, we are to walk in the spirit. And that's why Romans 8, 4 uh, tells us not to walk after the flesh. Amen. The third uh, area of walking is 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. The fourth area of walk is to walk in love. And it's found in Ephesians 5, 2. Uh, the fifth area of walk is to walk in the newness of life, which is the outward display of our transformed lives or our inward uh, transformation. The sixth area of walk is walking in integrity. Christians should be the most dependable people in the world. Uh, Romans 13 verse 13 tells us to walk honestly. Can I get an amen? The seventh area of walk is to walk in our spiritual production or fruit bearing. This is why Jesus said, in the last days, you shall know them by their fruit. He didn't say you shall know them by their doctrine. He said you shall know them by their what? By their fruit. And so uh, Ephesians 2.10 tells us to walk in the good works which he has created us to walk in. Amen. The eighth area of walk is to walk in our calling. The ministry office or the gifts that God has put on the inside of us. This is why it says in Ephesians 4.1, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. And the ninth area of uh, walk involves our walk before unbelievers in the world. Colossians 4.5 tells us to walk in wisdom towards them that are without. Amen. And so, you know... The Lord wants us to live out our spiritual truth. He wants us to be a grace people who are able to manifest that grace to the world. Amen. And if we go to exhibit A, to Ephesians chapter number 4, uh, verse 2, the apostle Paul begins to say this as an instruction. He says, be completely humble. 
In other words, be completely dependent on the Lord and do not be self-reliant. And he says, be completely humble and gentle and be patient. Gentle is the opposite of pushy. And gentle is the fruit of the spirit. Pushy is not. And I'm going to leave that alone. Be patient. Uh, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep, he says make every effort. He, say, he doesn't say, you know, uh, 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 be in unity all the time because some people are crazy. He says, but make, make an effort. <laughs> in other words, just, just try. You can only, you can, that's all you can do sometimes. <laughs> can I get an Amen. And sometimes you just got to say, man, I've, Lord, I've tried. <laughs> he says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope, you were called one Lord, one Lord, say one Lord. Only one Lord, and who might be his name be? Jesus Christ, one Lord, one faith, and what that faith might be, Christianity, and one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all in all. We sang that song uh, uh, during worship, and he says in verse 7, But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Now, that word grace there, uh, or offices, is getting ready to talk about offices. The word, the word grace there, uh, he's talking about different areas of gifts. He's saying, you know, each one of us has been graced differently. Each one of us has been gifted differently, and so it's no use trying to be somebody else. In fact, you are only really significant in your difference from another and not in your similarity to another. We only really want to hear from you when you are the real you. May the real Slim Shady please... Stand up. <laughs> Don't go listen to that. To that. <laughs> but to each one of us, there is a gift that has been given as Christ, the Jesus, right, has apportioned it. You know, Pastor C put it in her book, uh, and she called it Sovereign Foundations. You know, God created you to be who you are. Uh, he created you to be male. Don't try to be female. He created you to be female. Don't try to be male. It doesn't matter how hard you try. God created you to be that. Yeah. Amen? He created you for me to be brown. You know, I shouldn't be trying to be, you know, uh, uh, white. It's interesting, right? Because <laughs> the world is messed up. The, the white ones are trying to sit in the sun all day so they can become black. The black ones are finding some bleach so they can become white. <laughs> Everybody's trying to cross over. Nobody is comfortable with who they are. Similarly, when it comes to our graces, there's a similar confusion. Everybody in the body of Christ is trying to be somebody else. And, and you know, I understand because, you know, the anointing is attractive. And, you know, people get attracted to that and they, they want to become that. But let me tell you, God has given to you a specific gift 
and he has put it in you and uh, when you start functioning in that man i'm telling you there is a fulfillment you become what i like to call a fulfillionaire right <laughs> you you are a millionaire in fulfillment can i get an amen it's a word go google it Romans chapter number 12 verse 3 it talks about the same thing Romans chapter number 12 verse 3 the apostle Paul says for I say through the grace or the anointing or the gift given to me to everyone who's among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith or the measure of faith amen and so god has given all these different anointings in the body of christ he has gifted us differently so that we can function differently amen it's always attractive when i see the the choir up here you know doing their thing you know zane with his guitar and he's doing his oh man i'm like man one day lord when i grow up I want to I wanna be saying, amen. It always looks attractive. When Marshall is on the piano, and oh, man, oh, man, Lord, make me Marshall. But Lord, the Lord made me me. And it's no use. I mean, I can admire and I can tell the man, you, you, I like what you're doing, but God called me to be me. And this is what the Apostle Paul understood, that the Lord had called him to preach the message of the gospel to the Gentiles. And at one point, you know, the chief apostle himself, Peter, who had walked with Jesus, uh, 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 disagreed with him. On his assignment, but the Apostle Paul had such conviction on who God had called him to be that he says everywhere he writes, he says, in this grace given to me, I do this. Now, he does not turn that grace into a position. See, because the anointing has got nothing to do with the position or the title. You see, the, the, the position or the title is not necessarily an anointing. The anointing is the unction to function. Yes. The anointing is revealed through fruit. Yep. And in fact, if you want to do it right, you allow the title to follow the fruit. Amen. And so in other words, ain't no use me going to the uh, a printing shop and printing business cards that say Apostle Tafara before I have the fruit of an apostle. Can I get an amen? Ain't no use for me to uh, go overseas, one of them uh, universities, and, and get a, a doctorate a degree in, kind of, you, know, do, you, know, you know, Dr. T. You understand? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Pastor T. Yeah. <laughs> ain't, no, ain't no use. Ain't no use. What you should do is allow the fruit to lead amen. and precede the title. Can I get an amen? amen. And, and this anointing or this influence that comes from God, it, it grows or you grow in it as you uh, adopt a mindset of serving. You see, this is why uh, Paul, as a chief, chief apostle, uh, he always said, man, I'm the chief servant. Jesus said, the greatest among you is the one who does what? who serves and so as you carry the heart to serve another this anointing will begin to grow on your life let's go to first timothy chapter number three from verse three it's an attitude it's an attitude amen and so you are seated in heavenly places but 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 you need to learn to serve uh, others can i get an amen he says in first timothy three three uh 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 first timothy 
Second Timothy. Let's go to Second Timothy. I may have uh, I messed it up. Or oh, three thirteen. It could be three thirteen. Let's go. Let's go to three thirteen. Let's go to three thirteen. I think it is. What was that? I, I'm gonna find it. Three thirteen. Look, look, look. There it is. I found it. Can I have it in the King James Bible? <laughs> I found it. Watch this, watch this, watch this. It says, for they that have used the office of a deacon. Now, the, the office of a deacon, the word deacon there, uh, uh, translated into the uh, Greek, just simply means to serve, right? It's not a position. It says, for those uh, that have used the office of a deacon uh, will purchase themselves a good what? Degree. And so when you learn how to serve you purchase yourself the qualification for your next level. Did you hear what I say? You, you qualify for your next level when you learn how to serve. For they that have used the office of a deacon or a server will purchase themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. Now, I had a great opportunity uh, to, to practice this because, first of all, I was born in a house where my mom, you know, believed in serving. And so all, all my siblings, my, my uh, uh, two sisters and my brother, all of us, we had no choice but to, to serve. We grew, I grew up in a traditional church, in the Anglican church, and so we would... Uh, when you turned uh, eight, you knew that, you know, you were en en enlisted, right? <laughs> enlisted onto the uh, 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 outer boy team without your choice. You know, my mom, she, she ran a military camp in that house. And uh, she, every time she would discipline us, I mean, she would tell me, one day you're going to thank me. And man, you won't believe this. About five years ago, I called her and I said, Mom, thank you for whipping me. <laughs> Like you did, you know. I said, Mom, thank, thank you for not letting me go out with them other boys all night and coming back the next day. And thank you for, for enforcing and for being the disciplinarian you are. It, it made me the man I am. I mean, my mom was so strict that even when I went to college, you know, my friends would say, let's go out partying. And I mean, she was 200 kilometers away. I'd still, I'd still hear her voice. You know, like, I mean, she didn't play games. You understand? And, and, uh, and, uh, you know, whenever you did something, you know, my sister, my first, first born in our family, she was junior mom. And so she would, she was just, you know, and so if I did something wrong, she would take care of business, just kind of whip me, and then she would come report me, and then I would get the proper whipping. When my mom came back from work, you know, I'd get the double portion, right? I mean, it was, it was wild. We had, a, we had a peach tree outside. We called it um, Pinchies. And uh, if you know anything about a peach tree, it's got things sticking out. The branches should say, go get uh, the one of your choice. And I'm just going, you know, and she'll take care of business. And I called her. I said, thank you, mom. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, she, she hasn't snapped out of it to the point that when I visit, my wife would tell you, when I visit, even now, I'm, 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 I'm over 40, right? When I visit, she wants to know what I'm doing, where I'm going, and uh, who I'm with, you know, and... And, and come back at five. I mean, it, <laughs> she, she hasn't stepped out. I say, Mom, I'm 40. She doesn't, doesn't matter. You, you're in my house. You know? And so, she, 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 so she, she enlisted me into the altar boy team. And so from a young age, we knew that you serve. You know, you serve in church and you serve. And from that young age, you know, I, I, I haven't uh, known any other way except to serve. And when I met my, 
pastor when I was 18 years old. He, he, he taught me everything, and he also gave me an opportunity to serve. We were a small church, and so that meant that I did everything. It was a great opportunity, man. I was an usher. I drove the bus. If Tino is here, he'll tell you. I drove the bus. Drove the bus to go pick up university students, bring them to church, and you know, while leading the young adults group, and the one time we were supposed to go out, out of town, you know, 300 kilometers, and we couldn't find a, a bus driver with, uh, with the right license to drive the bus. And I thought, man, we can't cancel the camp for, for not finding a driver. Somebody can learn how to drive, amen? And so I put my hand up, and I drove that thing to and fro, amen? And man, I was praying in tongues the whole way, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when you serve, you purchase yourself a degree. And the, 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 the reason why God wants us to serve is because serving gives you an opportunity to focus on somebody else and not yourself. And so even now, we planted a church, you know, Faith Hill Church. We love it here. We love the people. We love, you know, uh, uh, coming here and ministering and so on and so forth. But Pastor C and I still have opportunities to serve other ministries, and we do it wholeheartedly. And I was teaching the pastors in Colorado why we do that. You know, it was a group of pastors, and they said, man, you are busy with your stuff. Why would you get all this other stuff to, to do it? And I, and I say this to them. I say the reason we do that is because sometimes when you just focus on what you're doing, Doing and what God has called you to do, which is good, you can focus it on it so much so that you can turn it into a God. And when you turn it into a God, yet God has already told us that there shall be no other God beside me. If you turn something into a God, if you read that in Exodus, it says you shall not have any other God beside me. And it says do not make any image of yourself to worship it. And that, that image is not just restricted to a, 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 an image you know, carved or, or made by hands. It's also an image that you can create in your mind. And your ministry can become a God. Yeah. And if you turn your ministry into a God, God will start fighting your ministry, not because he's fighting your ministry, but he's fighting another God that you have created. And so the reason why, you know, Pastor C and I give to other ministries, we do it passionately, we serve other ministries, is because we don't want to turn uh, Faith Hill Church into a God that we have created. And so serving really purchases you a good qualification and degree because you stop being all about yourself and you become all about seeing transformation in other people's lives. Amen. And that's the only qualification for ministry. You know, I meet young people all over, and they say, man, PT, I, you know, I think I'm cold. I say, why? They say, man, I got deep revelation. Wrong answer. <laughs> you should only say, I think I'm cold. Why? Because I'm passionate about seeing people's lives change. I'm passionate about seeing, you know, people uh, come one way and live transformed and become another. If you don't genuinely... Want other people to do better than you are doing. Ministry is not your thing. Amen. Hallelujah. It's getting quiet up in here. And so, so he says, back to Exhibit A, in Ephesians 4, verse 11, he says, Jesus, right, he gave some. Jesus is the one that gives these anointings, right? I can't do it. I wish I could. And I'd give all my favorite people and my buddies, you know, apostle. Yeah, you, come here. <laughs> Prophet. <laughs> evangelist, come. Evangelist. Do you want evangelist? <laughs> then I'll do it. Right? <laughs> no, no. No, Jesus is the one who does, right? 
And he says he gave, he himself gave some to be what? Apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. And, and, and you know, the Lord is, is, the Lord is, is human. His giving makes completely no sense. I mean, there's one apostle that I know who changed the entire world. Brother can't speak. He can't put a sentence together. The Lord Jesus called him to be an apostle to the nations. Planted churches all over the world. I don't know a city where he did not plant a church. Brother can't speak. I said, God, you got humor. <laughs> you know why? Because it's not in your ability. It is in his. That's why they are called graces. They are not called earnings. Can I get an amen? And so he is the one who gave some to be apostles. He gave some to be prophets. He gave some to be evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And watch the reasons now. This is, these are the reasons. And none of them have got anything to do with them. It is number one for the equipping of the what? Not the exploiting of the saints. The equipping of the what? Saints for the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the what? Of the body of Christ. To edify means to build up. Right? He wants the body of Christ encouraged so that they may grow. And, and when God calls you, it's always for other people. And I've learned this uh, over the years. You know, uh, God has graced us. And, and I say it's a grace because we were not looking for it. He has graced us and put us on television. And, uh, you know, 2017, 18, we got a call from one television channel. They said, come, let's meet. So I went with Pastor H, and we were sitting in the boardroom. And uh, true story, we were sitting in there, and the director said, we're just going to give you five minutes of uh, teaching on the television once, and we'll see how that goes. And as we were discussing, you know, uh, the five minutes became one episode with 30 minutes, right? And uh, before we left, true story, they had given us over 52 episodes uh, to, to put our TV there. Now, I didn't know anything about TV. Remember, when you serve God, you, you, you earn yourself a, a qualification to go to the next level. And I didn't know anything about uh, TV. And I'm sitting in there, and I'm looking at Pastor H. I'm like, I, I, I don't think they know what they're doing, these people. They're giving me an opportunity to be on TV. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Let's do it, you know. And so we went, and, uh, you, you know, God is the one that promotes people. He's the one that puts people in there. And I'm talking about the edifying of the ball. And it was a funny story, actually, when I went for the first uh, recording, we would do it at their studios. I said to Pastor H, I said, man, I'm shaking in my boots. I'm going to need you to come with me. And so we went together. And man, I was shaking. I didn't sleep that night. The night before, I had butterflies in my stomach. I was going, I mean, it was crazy, right? And uh, I'm thinking, TV, what am I going to say? This is crazy. You know, and we get there and they put makeup on me. They put makeup. Man, I look myself in the mirror. I couldn't believe, who's that? I mean, it was weird, right? And I'm like, man, I didn't know I was pretty, man. Ah. I say, brother, brother, cute, you know. I say, brother, he's all right. That's all I thought. I said, he's not bad, right? And so they put me in the studio. I'm still shaking in my boots. Put me in the studio. And a little table in there, they switch on the lights. And the lights go, and they, I mean, he's outside, right? Byron is outside. I'm in there with Pastor H and Nerissa, the lady who's filming. And they say, through the speakers, 
three, two, one, preach. Oh, man, I stopped preaching. Man, listen, I said everything I knew, and I looked at the clock. I mean, I preached all the sermons I had heard. T.D. Jakes, Andrew Womack, Bill Winston. Man, I preached everything I had heard. And I looked at the clock, and I'd only done seven minutes. <laughs> and I'm sitting in there, I'm thinking, man, Pastor H is thinking, man, my man of God is about to tear this thing up, you know. I'm about to embarrass him. And so I'm in there. I'm in there, and a miracle happened. True story, a miracle happened. And, and we had a power cut. Oh, Lord Jesus. And, and, and they came in. This is a true story. It was divine intervention. The Lord, the Lord, you know, really saw that I was struggling in there. And I was, you know, I was struggling. And so they ran in and they said, Pastor, you won't believe what happened. I said, what happened? They said, the power just went off and, and we didn't have backup. And so we are very sorry. You know, we, we're going to have to do this all over again. I said, man, somebody in here should have thought of backup. You know, you've got to back this thing up. What's wrong with you? Man, now I have to do it all over again in my heart. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you are the God of second chances in my heart. That's in my heart. You never say that, man. I got to look like a big short preacher after all, you know. <laughs> And so, and so I say all of this to say, you know, when we did take two, I was a little bit more relaxed. And I say, Lord, this is not me or you. And something came up and apparently it was good because we climbed the charts. And by the time we left that uh, 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 channel, we were the third most watched uh, uh, TV thing on, 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 on their channel in Africa. You know, you, we were the third. And, and I think it was Joyce Meyer and, and Joel Osteen and yours truly, you understand? <laughs> I mean, we were cooking. We were cooking. We started cooking, right? You know, you, you, the anointing will get you to cook. And so I say this to say that the, the reason the Lord put me there was so we can edify the body. Now, Pastor C and I can't go anywhere without someone walking up to us and saying, man, I watch you and you really encourage me. That's the purpose. The purpose of ministry in this context is so that you can equip others, so that you can edify others. We were in uh, uh, Zebula in, in Bella Bella just having Christmas lunch, and uh, we're having Christmas lunch, having a good time. And a couple walked up to me from uh, Richards Bay, and they said, Pastor, we, we, we're, we're debating if that's you. Man, and, and we said we need to ask, is that you, Pastor? I said, yes. They said, man, we just want to thank you. We just want to thank For what? For TV, bro? I said, those TV things? So yeah, for those things. Man, they're really powerful when they're helping us and I met an older uh, white couple in in Bryanston Pastor C and I and Josh were having lunch there and we didn't really actually get to meet them they just went and paid for our bill and they said wrote a note and say just tell him we watch his TV broadcast has been a blessing to us and and so I say all of this to say that the reason is to edify others it is not for God to turn you into somebody forget you it's, it's to it will be crazy for the donkey to think they're shouting Hosanna Hosanna it's, it's the Jesus that you carry. Amen. No, no, you happen to be in the neighborhood when, when they shout Hosanna, Hosanna, but it's ludicrous to think that they're shouting Hosanna, Hosanna because, you know, I, I'm... I, no, 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 you're just the donkey carrying the holy anointed one. Amen. And when you get out of the way, Jesus will shine and you will happen to be in the neighborhood when they give him the glory. Now when that couple say, you bless me so much, I was like, man, 
it possibly can't be me because I can't speak. They kicked me out of the public speaking team in high school. I, I, I couldn't talk to save my life. But guess what? The, the Lord with me, if I allow his grace to flow through me, guess what? I can, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. I said amen. And, and the third reason is this. So we say number one, to equip the saints. Number two, to edify the body. Uh, number three is uh, maturity. Verse 14, so that we should no longer be children. And the purpose of ministry gifts is so that we should no longer be children. Can I read it one more time? It is every time, every time I get up here on Sunday morning uh, and preach, uh, the goal is so that we should no longer be what? It is not so that the pastor must treat me like a child. He didn't change my diaper, so I'm going to leave that church. He didn't wipe my nose. He didn't, he didn't say hi to me. He didn't carry me. He didn't. No, no, no. That's not part of his resume. Can I get an amen? He didn't say hi to me. He didn't call me. He should have called me. He should have, I can't believe he didn't call me. Let me look for the calling on this verse. Ain't no calling. There is equipping. Someone shout equipping. There is edifying. Someone shout edifying. And the third one is to mature. Someone shall to mature. And so the goal is to equip. It is to edify. It is so that we can bring maturity so that you are no longer children. Watch this now. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. So that you may no longer be tossed to and fro by the trickery of man. So that you may no longer be tossed to and fro in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting of the other men in, in the world. Amen? And so the, the goal is to, is to grow up. Amen. Aren't your neighbor and say, grow up, grow up. Tell them 2024 is going to be a great opportunity for you to grow up. Verse 15, let me read verse 15. Let's go to verse 15. And speaking the truth in love, <laughs> so that you may what? <coughs> speaking the what? In what? You know, that means I still say the truth <laughs> in love. <laughs> I just got to be the truth. And sometimes, you know, you just say, man, I think you need to take the thumb out of your mouth and, you know, grow up. It's the truth, right? Speak the truth in love so that we may grow up in all things into him who is the head of uh, Christ. Let's quickly go to verse 24. Oh, man, my time is fast spent. Let's go to verse uh, 17. It says in verse 17, This I say therefore te and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. So now that you've been born again, you can't walk like the world walks. There should be a difference between us and the world. Amen? It says you should no longer walk as the Gentiles walk in the futility of them, their minds. They don't allow the word of God to take uh, 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 control of their minds and to renew their minds. Verse 18, having their understanding darkened and being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them and because of the blindness of their heart. And so he's saying here that if you walk as the Gentiles walk in the futility of your mind or in ignorance, you will be separated from the very life of God that is already in you. 
And so ignorance is not a blessing. Amen? And so he's talking about renewing your mind so that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Let's go to verse 24. Let's go to verse 24. Verse 24. It says, And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. And so you put on the new man. Now, you have a recreated spirit on the inside of you, but it's up to you to put on the new man. And it says, uh, right at the end of that verse, it says, do not grieve uh, the spirit, right? Uh, that's the chapter now, verse 25. Therefore, putting away what? Lying. Lying. <laughs> Yes, some people just can't. Put, uh, put it. He's saying now you are born again, you can put it away. <laughs> Hunt your neighbor and say, you don't have to lie. <laughs> if someone says, where are you? Just say where you are. Now that you are seated in heavenly places, put away lying. If someone says, what time are you going to get here? Just tell them, in one hour. I'm, I'm already late, you know, some things. Don't say now, now. Now, now is not a time. Can I get an amen? amen. Therefore, put away lying. Uh, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Amen. And so we speak truth. We speak truth with, with, with each other. We, it's the only way you can be built up. You know, people sometimes come to me uh, for counseling and they just want me to endorse their lie. You know, and I tell them, hey, you shouldn't come to me. Because then I'll tell you the truth. You know, husbands sometimes come to me acting the fool. And they think because I'm part of the, you know, Husbands Association of South Africa... <laughs> They think that, you know, after all PT, you know, he's, a part, he's the chairman of the Husband's Association. And I tell the man, I think you're acting the fool. You need to grow up. And their wife says, amen. <laughs> true story. That's a true story. And, and they walk out, you know, they're mad at me, but at least I told them the truth, right? It says, it says let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. In other words, don't carry over stuff. Don't, don't get offended, right? And carry over stuff. You, it, it, the offense could become a spirit of offense. And, and, and he's talking to people who are seated in heavenly places. How I many you'd think if you're sitting in heavenly places, you won't get angry, right? He says, man, be angry, but don't sin, you know. <laughs> And he says in verse 27, no, give place to the devil. Verse 27 is a powerful uh, a verse. You see, you're seated in heavenly places, but you could give place to the devil. And, and he'll come into your life and all, uh, cause all kinds of havoc. And so he's saying, don't give place to the devil. Can I get an amen? amen. Let me give you an example. If you are, if you are married, you're a husband, you have a wife, and uh, you have children... And, uh, you know, the, one of the ways you could give place to the devil is if you run around on your spouse, right? Uh, 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 God will forgive you and you'll go to heaven. But your spouse will lose trust uh, 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 for you. 
and your children will think you are a clown. A clown seated in heavenly places. <laughs> Far above all principalities. No, that's a clown. Can I get an amen? A, a, a new spirit. God's workmanship from their children's perspective. Clown. Why? Because they gave place to the devil. Can I get an amen? And so when he says, don't give place to the devil, he's saying, do not give the devil an opportunity. Because you, 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 God will forgive you. See, God's love for you is unconditional. My love for you Is, is on, uh, is on the mutual respect. You understand? Mutual respect. We gotta have a mutual respect. If I walk in with my wife and kids, I love everybody in the restaurant. I love everyone. You start talking trash to any of them, man, I may have to just, you know, love you with the fivefold ministry. Condi unconditionally. <laughs> Amen. And so, so, he says, don't give place to the devil. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. And then he says in verse 28, let him who stole steal no longer. So apparently there were some people seated in heavenly places. <laughs> who were still stealing. <laughs> Including stealing your boss's time. Yeah. You see, you see, it's getting quiet. Yeah. It's getting quiet in this and this. Let him stole, let him who stole still no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, so that he may have something to give. That's the goal. Again, everything we see in the kingdom is so that you may be able to give to somebody else. You may be able to minister to somebody else. So that he may have something to give to him that is in need. Verse 29. Again, he's talking to people seated in heavenly places. Let no corrupt communication or word proceed out of your mouth for what is good for necessary, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Let me, let me try and read it in English. Let's get it in English. NLT, please, if you can. Because, you know, people are going to say, I didn't get that one. Don't use foul or abusive language. This includes between husband and wife. You see, see, the amens are kind of. You can call each other baby, honey, sugar. But once you start calling each other donkey. It's what? Foul and what? Abusive. That's abuse. Seated in heavenly places. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and what? 
helpful. So that your words will be a what? An encouragement to those who? Your words should be, come on, you can do it. Can I get an amen? amen? Verse 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And how do you uh, uh, grieve him? By not doing what he's about to tell you. Verse 31. Let all bitterness. Someone say bitterness. bitterness. What's the other word for bitterness? Bitterness. You carry, you know, I, I wish I could preach that in my mother tongue. It could bitterness let all bitterness don't be bitter don't be sour bitterness wrath anger clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice let's read it in the NLT <clears throat> and then we're going to wrap it up NLT if you will get read in other words clean your heart of all this stuff Get rid of all what? Bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words. Because after all, you're sitting in every place and you can't be using harsh words. Now, I told you, I already warned you that the first three chapters are going to be deep spiritually, but the last three are going to be practical. You should check before you say it. Is this a harsh word? Is this harsh? This is harsh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is harsh. This is a harsh word. And slander, as well as all, he's saying, man, I may not be able to put all, as well as all types of evil behavior, types, <laughs> all kinds of. Now that you're sitting in heavenly place, let's get practical with this. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying. Man, I met some people with deep spiritual truth, with deep revelation, theology, deep revelation of grace, but they are as mean as a rattlesnake. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I said, man, you just mean. You just mean. And mean is not a fruit of the Spirit. I said, man, this bro the brother is mean. They want to prophesy. You want to prophesy? You're mean. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Say, don't, don't, don't let any of this. And some of you may turn around and say, you know, pastor, there you go again, you're preaching works. I'm not. It's the apostle Paul. He's the apostle of grace himself. He's the one that's telling you to get rid of all this stuff. Not me. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 But what should we do? Verse 32. <laughs> this is good. Instead, <laughs> be kind. Right? Simple, simply put, to be kind means to put other people before you. It means to put other people's feelings before yours. It means to put other people's uh, needs and, and desires before yours so that you make sure, you know, you're extending kindness. He says instead, be kind uh, to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And I'm out of time. Why don't you stand on your feet? Amen. Amen. Someone shout, I'm seated in heavenly places. That feels good, right? Therefore, come on, say, therefore, I can put away lying. I can put away bitterness. I can put away malice. Anger. Wrath, wrath, evil speaking, evil speaking. 
and all kinds of evil. See, grace empowers you to, to that, that's me now. That's me preaching. That's my part. That's my. Grace empowers you to, to be able to, to preach the gospel through your actions. Amen. I said, Amen. You know, I've met people at the office, at work, and in different places that tell me, they say, Man, uh, we knew that. You know, you were a pastor before you told us just from how you treated everyone with kindness, how you treated everyone with love, and uh, you, you were not mean, and, and so on and so forth. The world is watching. They're looking at how you, you treat them. Amen? Uh, don't speak as the world speaks. You're already seated in heavenly places. You can walk as uh, grace has empowered you to walk. He says the grace of God, uh, which brings salvation as appeared to all men that's titus 2 11 and it says in verse 12 teaching them to deny all ungodliness amen. amen and so the grace of god empowers you and it teaches you to deny all ungodliness so that you may put other people first and man i'm telling you you adopt this attitude god will start to uh, create more opportunities for you uh, it validates your ministry uh, you know, when we went on that television channel, after the end of uh, 104 weeks, you know, someone joined the organization who didn't like my deal very much from the Lord. It was a deal from the Lord. We didn't go out looking for it. And they came and fired me on the spot. They said, we're going to stop the, the broadcast on the, on the spot. And I thought, Lord, why would you give me something? And you can't keep me in it. And the Lord said to me, don't speak so fast. And six months later, I had another channel call me. In fact, they didn't call me. Uh, someone sent me a message on, on, on Facebook. Uh, Gavin sent me a message. He said, hey, Tafara, I'm in town. Uh, would you like to do a coffee? And I had never heard of him. I didn't know him. And he was just spot on. He was shooting straight. And I said to him, hey, for sure, you know, let's do coffee. And so he came and during the coffee, I found out he was the head of production for another channel. And uh, before the coffee was finished, we had uh, another lifetime of uh, uh, television broadcasts without looking for it. See, when you adopt this kind of living, stuff will look for you. You don't have to go out looking for stuff. He who serves or uses the position or the opportunity to serve as a deacon obtains themselves a good degree, a qualification to go to the next level. And I'm telling you, you obtain that qualification with the Lord. And it's the Lord that will bring promotion to you. And we've been on this new channel uh, for the last three, four years. And man, it's going good. We're climbing the charts. We're ministering to people. And, you know, in the entire continent of Africa, we're at an airport in Kenya, Nairobi. And someone said, I know you. I watch you. I watch you on television. Man, we're ministering to the entire continent of Africa. And uh, God really is doing something awesome. And it, 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 it's, it's us walking in what he has created on the inside of us. And so I came to encourage somebody. We're going into the new year. There's some things you must put off. And there's some things you're going to have to put on. Amen. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying as we go into the next year, man. You, you, you almost have to be gung-ho about some of these things and, and go after it. Go for it. 
And uh, as you do that, God will begin to create and open uh, doors for you. If you are here and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, listen, Jesus is coming back. And today might be the day. I don't know. Tomorrow might be the day. I don't know. It may be next week. It may be next year. It may be in 10 years' time. But the best decision you can make uh, right now is to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And we want to give you that opportunity. Uh, if you are here and you have not accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, the Bible says in uh, Romans chapter number 10, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died and he was raised on the third day, he is to come again. If you believe and confess that with your mouth, uh, you shall be saved. Amen. And if that's you, if you are here, man, I, I cannot allow you to leave this place and go into the new year. Uh, in the state that you are in, we want to give you this opportunity to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Amen. And if that's you, this is the way that we all came into the kingdom. Do not be ashamed. Every eye closed, every head bowed. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand wherever you are, and we're going to pray with you. I see that hand. Praise the Lord. Is that a hand raised? Yeah, don't, don't be ashamed. I see that hand, Mama. Raise it real high. Don't be ashamed. Jesus Christ loves you. Hallelujah. Praise. I see those hands. Come on. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I'm going to lead you in a prayer and uh, say these words sincerely from your heart. And man, I'm telling you, today will be the day. You will be able to tell uh, your grandchildren. You'll be able to tell your children in the future that the 31st, of December 2023 as we were crossing over into 2024 I came into 2024 a brand new man amen a brand new woman with Jesus in my heart isn't that powerful man there's no better way to celebrate the new year amen and so I'm gonna pray this prayer and our church you can join in with them say Heavenly Father today I come to you in all humility of heart I come to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. And so today, I confess that He died on the cross for my sins. And as I confess this, all my sins are washed away. I am brand new. I am a child of God. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Today marks the day that I will serve Jesus for the rest of my days. I am born again in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.